Music from DC and Baltimore You'll find it all here on Corridor Waltzes or cut time or straight for four You'll find it all here on Corridor If you need something to help fill your time Come by, we'll fit you for one with the rhyme Or not Maybe a song you've not heard before You'll find it all here on Corridor You've had so much less, so why not have more? You'll find it all here on Corridor You'll find it all here on Corridor You'll find it all here on Corridor With your host, Kelsey Welcome to the podcast. You might have noticed something a little different about the beginning of the episode. We have a theme song. Thank you very much to Chris Eric for writing that. That was very kind of you. So, Chris is from a band called The Honest Mistakes, and... This week, you all are in for a treat because I got to sit down with half of the band, Chris Eric and Joylene Dahlia, and talk music. And they had some wonderfully interesting things to say about music and about writing and about finding the time to create your music when you have family and work responsibilities. So it was a really good talk. I'm really excited to share it with you. And if you want to find out more about the band, you can visit thehonestmistakes.com. Before I play the interview, though, there's a couple things I want to mention. Last week, I said that Edie Sedgwick was from Baltimore, and that was incorrect. I apologize for that. Uh, the artist is actually from D.C. and New York. I wasn't able to fix it before I uploaded. I'm very sorry. The other thing is, we are now on iTunes, so if you have an iPhone, an iPad, an iWhatever, you can subscribe to the podcast at the iTunes store and never miss an episode. So do that. Also, we are now on Twitter. So if you were on Facebook too, but if you'd rather tweet than spend time on Facebook, go ahead and follow us. It's just at Corridor Podcast. You should find us pretty easily. All right, but I'm going to stop blabbing because I don't want to keep you any longer from this interview. I'm here with Chris Eric and Joylene Dahlia from The Honest Mistakes. And uh, they're going to tell us a little bit about their music. Can you guys tell me a little bit about your band? How long have you guys been around? And well, it depends on how you look at it. We have been playing music together for the most part for 14 years. Does that sound about right? Just about 14 years. Yeah, because we uh, we were in a band together before we were together together. So yeah. Actually, it's over 14 years because it was August of that year that we started playing together. Happy 14th anniversary. Happy 14th anniversary. <laughs> Happy 14th anniversary to you guys. Yeah, so we've been musical collaboration for almost 15 years, which is kind of shocking when I think about it that way. I don't think I've ever quite put it in that context you for think myself. You'd think we would put out more records if that was the case. Something, yeah. Although, to be fair, 14 years ago, you didn't put records out. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> but you guys did put out a new EP recently. When did that come out? Uh, that was June, maybe? Yeah, it was June. Yeah, it was June of this about. year, and it's the Sundowning EP. It's actually part of a larger project that we're working on. It's a series of three EPs with both electric and acoustic material. Yeah, the notion being at the end we'd like to combine everything. Great, so um, I'd like to play the song Cry for the listeners. Uh, do you want to talk a little bit about that song? 
Yeah, the the song "Cry." I mean, for lack of a lack of a better term, it it was a little bit of self delusion. Like I'm good. I'm good. Everything's fine. No, no, I don't think about you. Everything's cool. Everything is okay, and I certainly don't cry. I definitely see the the self delusion part of it. I think at first it's it starts out as no, no, no. I'm not going to think about it. It's not going to bother me. And then I think at the end of it, the the character, for for lack of a better term, has is is at a point where they're almost defiant and they're like well whether or not i'm upset about it i don't care i'm still not gonna cry so so, so every song is i will survive is what yes it is it is and and it's that is and that is the big difference i think why when you sing it it sounds one way oh, when i sing it sounds differently everything is so sad when i sing it yeah. it's just so just so sad you got no fight in you that's what it is i, I got too much so everything comes <laughs> out that way I'm, I'm tired lady i'm tired well, let's hear the song.
So you mentioned that the two of you kind of have a different vision for that song and uh, probably for other songs that you work on. Do you feel like that kind of helps the creative process? Oh, absolutely. Oh, sure. Yeah, uh, they don't count in my head, and, and her ego doesn't need this, but in my head, they're not really done until she sings them because I can, I can get around them and I can tell you what the words are and I can hum the tune, but it doesn't really count until she does it. We've had the saddest band practices when she can't make it because she's sick or something, and they're just all the songs are and so sad. But you know, I I do think that you know, after fourteen years of working together, we we definitely have that give and take down where you know he'll kind of get the 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 meat of it really put together, and then you know. I kind of look at my job is the details, like the finishing details, you know. And changing everything that I, That's I it. want. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, he'll, he'll put together, you know, the bones of it and, and you know, the, the very, you know, important big stuff that, that, that goes into building it. And I, I'm all about the details with it, but that works very well for us because that's I'm, also our personalities. Yeah. Chris is like, you know, big picture and I'm, I'm not in agreement, by the way, for the listener. <laughs> yeah. and, and I am like the, the micro put things in order kind of personality. So it, it that pattern is yeah. a, an extension of our personality. Well, we managed to figure out how to still do that and have our conflicts in the band not impact our lives otherwise. I don't think we've right. ever taken a fight home for band practice. Never. Because they're two different things. Yeah. I mean, we've had that... We've been... We've been in bands together since before we were a couple. Mm -hmm. Not by a long stretch, four or five months, yeah. something like that. Mm -hmm. But we've always kept it separate. Like, we don't lie. Everybody knows we're married to each other. Yeah. But we we have our, like, you know, stressful moments when we're, I'm like, no, no, it goes like this. You have to at least try it like <laughs> this. But that has nothing to do with the fact that, you know, somebody did the laundry and somebody else didn't do the laundry. Like, it's not, they're not feeding no each other. For so yeah. let's talk about that for a bit. Um, you guys are married. You have kids. You've been in a band together for a very long time. We do laundry. Right. Yes. We do laundry There's together. lots of laundry. <laughs> so how do you keep the chores from affecting the music or do the chores help the music be stronger? Like, well, there aren't songs about chores. There should be. <laughs> it's only a matter of time. No, we haven't done our laundry. We, yeah, we haven't done it. Well, you may have something there. We haven't done our domesticity record yet because I, you know, I, I have enough things floating around in my head. I, I've, I've said I'm like, I was born 60 years too late. I should be a Tin Pan Alley hack. As far as how we manage it with the kids, it was a conscious effort, though. I mean, yeah, we, it's so hard. Uh, we actually manage it better, oddly, now with two kids than we did with one. But I mean, as far as the, the, the keeping things separate. Oh, yeah, yeah, I yeah. mean, when we initially started, that started, you know, dating, it was just a mutual agreement. We didn't want to be that couple in the band who drives everybody crazy because they have their, like, personal fights mm -hmm in front of their band members and everybody feels really like uncomfortable yeah yeah it, it, i i hate drama i hate being a source of drama yeah it's not worth it and it's you know it's tacky mm -hmm. uh you know being that person being that couple where you know you are the center of the universe and everything's about you and everything's about your crazy relationship and well, everybody else is I was stuck living with that even though that's not what you're there to do. Well, I was with you up until being about the relationship. I mean, it is the center of me, me, yes, about of me. <laughs> I, but you were asking about how we make it work with having the kids and the chores and everything. It is 
really hard, but you have to like some people they they say, Nope, I am going to run for thirty minutes or I am going to eat vegan or I am going to mow the lawn on Saturdays. We just go we practice on Sundays. A big part of it is still being able to generate material because mm. that's the thing people worry about when they get older, when they have children, when they've been with the same person for a while. You know, it's like, are you thinking about? Because there's nothing sadder to me than songs that are about that that are forty year olds writing about being sixteen. It's like really, nothing's happened. It's been almost you know twenty five years. Sorry, the not best years of your life. Uh... No, I'm really not. But that's <laughs> it. <laughs> you peaked in high school. That yeah, I totally peaked in high school. Which, and the notion of that might be the most depressing thing I can think of. That that's it. Like, that is, for some reason, like, that was the best time of your life, and nothing else that's happened to you has been meaningful, or has made you happy, or has fulfilled you in any way, shape, or form. Mm -hmm. That's horrible. Joylene's in her 30s. I'm 40. Our bass player's in his mid 30s, and our, our drummer's in his 40s, and the bass player's the only one who doesn't have kids. But he's married, and he has a job. Uh, Brendan, our bass player. Hi, Brendan. And John, our drummer, hi, John, uh, has two kids, and he's married, and you have to decide, because we're not 20. We, we don't have all the time in the world. We can't go sit in somebody's garage for six hours until we come up with something. You and know? it also sounds painful to me. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think it does come down to fundamentally who you are and what your approach is to music, because even when I was 20, I wouldn't want to go sit in somebody's garage for six hours. Mm -hmm. that, that sounded like, you know, root canal. <laughs> but it's it's the kind of music that you do. You know, I, I like bombastic pop songs. You're not going to sit in a garage for six hours doing that. Well, see, I like, I like, um, I like sandwich songs. I like, I like the ones that they have the they have the uh, the shiny outside that's happy and nice, and then the cream filling is just sadness and regret. <laughs> Not just sadness and regret. Yeah. There can be, you know, tasty sadness. And yeah. Hopefully, yeah. That's all hopefully tasty. it's tasty. But, but, but oh, they have to. There has to be a hook. I can't. Right. Yeah. I can't. You'll never. Nothing's worse than songs without a hook, uh, and that's one of the reasons why I like your guys' music oh, so much. Oh, you do like us? Yeah, oh, I good. do. I, I don't good, know good. if I mentioned this for everyone listening, <laughs> but I, I'm talking to this band because I like them, and uh, part of that is because of the awesome hooks. So. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> I need melody. I need songcraft. So you know, Chris works in his. You know, he builds that structure, he puts all this stuff on it, and then the details come down to me, uh, creating that hole that, that seems to work. And yes, Chris does write very effectively from a woman's <laughs> point of view, lyrically. Hey, that was brought up in conversation earlier in the day. I it was. just was. bringing you back <laughs> it around, was. that's all. Yeah, well, it, it's very funny because um, I think people assume because I'm the singer, I'm also the primary songwriter. That has come up. and yeah. It comes up a lot. Yeah. And because so many of the songs sound like it's from a woman's point of view, and again, it just kind of keeps that... Misin you know, misinformation going that I well when you hear them thing. you can envision the the protagonist or whatever definitely be a, and a woman on one and then with mm -hmm. your voice it's just you know you automatically well, go I, there yeah. I really like women is the thing mm -hmm. so it's not that's it's not surprising to me at all mm -hmm. I just I that's a weird thing to me about people expect a lot less out of songwriters than they do out of novelists or essayists nobody's surprised if John Irving can write effectively from the point of view of a woman. Not to compare myself to John Irving, even though I really like him. I'm not on that level at all. Even kind of hacky writers, nobody's surprised when they can turn a phrase that sounds like it would have come out of a woman's mouth, but 
if a songwriter comes up with something like that, suddenly they've, you know, cracked the codes. No, no. Mm-hmm. No, it's just a character. That's, That's a really good point, though. I think people just kind of assume when they listen to music that it's all totally professional oh, yeah. and it's oh, yeah. the, the something greatest, that really happened. The greatest thing in the world, and I'm sorry to step on you, I only want to step on her. <laughs> you. But Randy Newman introduced this concept in songwriting called the untrustworthy narrator. Because mm-hmm. everything in songwriting is, it's about me and this is my heart and everything. And Randy Newman went, I might be lying to you. <laughs> I might not be telling you the truth at all. And when I saw that, I was like, ah, oh, you! <laughs> I mean, I think that's kind of the. It may be why some folks don't quite get us, is because it isn't confessional at all. They're they're characters. They're not Chris. They're not me. Oh, there's confession, but they're confessions of ideas and yeah, it's, feelings. It's as opposed not to actually. This didn't actually happen to me. I didn't actually have this conversation. Yeah. I haven't broken up with twenty five different people. <laughs> yeah. it, you know, it, it, it's not sad. Would that be? It'd be horrible. Pretty sad. There, there's a lot of twists and turns in the lyrics with with our stuff, and again, you know, with with the the shiny pop veneer, either you know, and, and it's not to say that listeners aren't sophisticated. I don't think that's the case. I do think though that most folks have been trained recently mm-hmm. to to not go deeper. Well, there's a great writer, John Wesley Harding, who said, "I'm sorry to step on you yet again, but John, and I'll stop soon." Not yet, but soon. It John, hasn't happened in 14 years. It's not going to happen today. <laughs> Look at you. Look at you. Uh, but John Wesley Harding had a great thing about that, where you, you don't write down to people. You write up to where you think they should be. You know, And if they don't necessarily get it, and this is my take on it, if they don't necessarily get it, it's three minutes. Let's do it again later. You know, Maybe you'll get it then. And if you don't, I don't think the person who wrote it got it wrong. I just think you didn't get what they meant. If somebody tells you a joke... And you don't get the joke. Nobody's dumb. You just didn't get the joke. <laughs> right, yeah. So on this new album, you're, on this new EP, you blend acoustic and electric music. What led you to that? Can you talk a little bit about your acoustic projects and how they fed into The Honest Mistakes as a full band? Well, sure. I, I think with the acoustic music, I, it was always kind of a fallback for us. You know, I, I think um, early on the goal was always the full big band sound. That's always what we wanted to do. And for one reason or another, the, the lineup thing never quite worked out. But Chris and I didn't want to stop playing. So we would kind of find our way into these completely alien to us, at least at the time, mm-hmm. kind of uh, situations where... Uh, it's really like the, the folk circuit. Yeah, but it's kind of an alternative folk circuit where right. people do things you wouldn't you wouldn't think of as folk music, but it kind of is, for lack of a better term. Like I feel like there's a lot of that bubbling up in Baltimore. Like I know uh, Mob Town, or at least some of the guys from Mob Town are putting on an actual folk fest. Yeah, um, so yeah, that's seems, true. I don't know. Like, do, a lot. do you guys feel like that's something that's growing, or has it already been around and I didn't know about it? Or? I, I think it depends. I think um, depends probably, on how you look at it. I think yeah. when we started. It was the folks who have been at it for like 30 years, and now it's a much younger generation embracing Americana, embracing those, uh, that kind of instrumentation, and it's, it's kind of taken on a, it's a whole new thing. Yeah, there's, a, there's a, an interesting movement of that kind of music. Uh, Ilyami, uh, Masno, mm-hmm. Goatfish, which Masno's in, Safi, uh, the Acacia Sears band, 
they just kind of go off in those other directions, especially Ilyami and, and Goatfish. In a really interesting way, things I would never think of, would just never occur to me. And we made friends with those people when we started getting into the kind of acoustic world. And, and it, it's such a different thing. Even though we could be playing the same songs, it's the way you approach it. When it's just uh, me and Chris and an acoustic guitar, it's a very different feel. It's a very right. different way of performing, it's a different way of singing, it's a different way of playing. Well, we learned to talk on stage. Absolutely. When we started doing it. We didn't know how to talk on stage. It's like you have to learn to fight in a relationship. You have to <laughs> learn to talk on stage. It is different. It is just a different way of being. And in that arena, you're expected to be chatty and engaging oh, and they entertaining want you. as a person. Yeah, they want you. It's, I it's think, all part of that folk yeah, tradition. Yeah. You know, I think it is. I think you're right. And Absolutely. Although we never felt a part of the folk thing, like, you know, air quotes, folk thing, that is an aspect that we took back. It's also great for your harmony singing, but that's Very something true. else entirely. Uh, but, you know, you, you definitely sharpen up certain skills. You become, I think, a better performer from it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because you, you learn how to work a crowd. Mm-hmm. And you learn how to interact with your bandmates. You learn how to talk in public. You learn how to carry yourself. You learn that, well, pitch really does count when you sing. <laughs> uh, tuning really does count when you play guitar. Everything's got to be so perfect because it's like a, it, there's nothing mm-hmm. over it. It's yeah, so bare bones. There's, there's nothing to hide it. You can't hide behind loud drums. You can't hide behind feedback or can't all kinds of weird the mic, pedals. Can't, nope, yeah. nope. There's no getting away because if that's what you sound like, that's what you sound yeah, like. That's so you, you better be good. It's like a public speaking class. Yeah. But like Only throw it into the fire. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Much worse. Chris and I got into a very comfortable performance routine mm-hmm. from it. I mean, mm-hmm. we, we just developed over the years this very and we, we've been called this by a couple of people, and I think we wholeheartedly agree, a very vaudevillian kind of approach. With my half half a shelf of vaudeville books, yeah. Right. <laughs> it's, it, and it really is kind of the, the way we we act and interact on stage. So it, it I think that's our hook. Mm-hmm. You know, all, all those musicians uh, in that new folk scene, everybody has like their own hook. They have their, their thing that they do. Ours has always been... Our interaction with yeah. each other. Yeah. So let me ask you this, and you don't have to answer if you feel like you're giving away something. But when you're up there, do you kind of feel like you're developing bits, like talking about vaudeville? You know, I, it's funny. I don't know. Personally, I don't feel that way. We've been asked. It's like, did you guys work that yeah, out? And it's like, yeah. no, we've just we've just been talking to each other for a yeah. long time. That's I, the benefit of yeah, yeah, such yeah. A, a long. I, I think that's what I mean. It's it's such a comfortable groove mm-hmm. for us that I think it may sound more rehearsed or practiced than it actually is. You know, after you know so many years of doing this, you just kind of get used to certain patterns and you get used mm-hmm. to certain give and take, and it just becomes very natural. Even though performing is probably the least natural thing I can think of. (laughs) Certainly, Uh, yeah, considering how far you've come. Oh, yeah, I've had had horrendous stage fright. I mean, just awful, awful stage fright. It's worse when you're the singer because, like, everybody's staring at you. Oh, no kidding. It's it's awful. It was was gut wrenching, made me sick, throat would close, Uh, no sounds would come out. I'd shake, like, visibly shake. I felt so bad. Stomach would cramp up. It was awful. There was an open mic, like when we first started playing together, just me and her, I actually had to kind of prod her to say hi to people. I'm like, oh, I was well, terrified. I was truly 
terrified. I would be scared to death the minute we walk into the club because I knew the performance was coming. And I'd just be freaked out the whole time, and then we'd have to step on stage. And oh my god, I thought like my legs were gonna give out. It was terrible. And now I couldn't even care less. No, I'm just like, no. whatever. And <laughs> it I, doesn't and bother I, me in the slightest. And I have a background in theater, so it doesn't make any difference to me at all. I'm just like, yeah. but okay, we'll go talk. I, I really do give credit to us doing that new folk kind of thing because it, if you don't get over that kind of stuff, you were going to die a death on oh, yeah. stage. We had we played an acoustic show uh, a few months ago <laughs> in Tacoma Park, and it was the the setup. It was supposed to be in a restaurant, and it ended up being on the street. And our kids were with us, and the people who were supposed to watch the kids didn't come. So our one poor friend kind of got stuck watching our two kids. So they're sitting at a table in front of us, and as soon as we started playing, our two year old just started yelling at us, <laughs> not angry, just ah, just like the whole time. <laughs> And I couldn't stop laughing because you either have to roll with that or it crushes you. Exactly. You know, you just have to roll with it. And it's funny. I, I think you know, years ago we would have been so embarrassed uh, and just pulling our hair out like, uh, this didn't turn out the way it was supposed to and this wasn't planned the way it was supposed to. Blah, blah, you know. And I think and, we laughed and had a beer. It just oh, yeah. Wasn't, the yeah. whole time I'm, I'm laughing my head off. I'm, I'm making fun of the situation to the crowd. Because, it, you know, it's ridiculous not to acknowledge it, number one. Mm-hmm. That's um, I mean, that's... It's 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 absurd, and I think you're insulting people's intelligence. Oh yeah, no, that didn't happen. No, yeah, no, no, no. You, you didn't hear the child screaming his head off. No, that of course not. Well, that's a thing yeah. they pound into your head when you first start any kind of performing. Is the other way? Keep to go. going. Keep, keep going. going. You have to keep going. It didn't happen. It didn't happen. Everything's fine. The tree didn't fall down. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. Everything's not fine. And that's, that's okay. okay. Nothing goes according to plan. Ever. I have never had a show that has gone according to plan. Not because someone dropped the ball. It's just how things work. Mm. And if you don't roll with that, you'll give yourself an ulcer. Yeah. And I think people, and I think again, just like at an acoustic show, they want you to talk because they want you to let, they want to be let in to some degree. I think acknowledging when something goes wrong is letting people in. Absolutely. You know. Is it's just kind of part of it's part of the show. Mm-hmm. And well, anybody who wants, if you don't want any interaction, any of that, then you go to a classical recital. That is precision, mm-hmm. oh. and you and you have to admire that. And there are some beautiful interpretations of classical music, but you're really not going there for, to interact. You're oh, going no. there to have something presented to you. But it's it's very interesting, at least from a performer's ex- perspective what we think an audience wants. Yes. Once you've been doing this long enough, you can't be a regular audience anymore. No, no, no. Because you sit there, and I imagine this is for any professions, anybody who's good at something or does something for a really long time, if you see somebody else doing that same thing, you immediately go into critique mode. Right, yeah. Uh, So you really can't be a regular audience member anymore. Which can be a real handicap, but you're thinking, well, if you're not a good audience member, you're not really sure what audiences want anymore. Well, that's why you that's why you stay friends with, well, that's not the only reason you stay friends with non-musicians, but being friends with non-musicians is really helpful. Absolutely. It gives you're you some perspective. It gives you some perspective. I'm sure, yeah, because you know, you'll be sitting there obsessing, like, oh, that second song was a, just a train wreck. You know, we started the wrong tempo, we missed this chord, and... And then you'll go talking to the non-musicians, like, oh, that second song was great. I really <laughs> liked it. And we're like, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, you guys had so much energy. I don't know what was going on on stage, but mm-hmm. it was so interesting. 
And and that's always how that works. Like the the song that you are positive was awful. That's the thing that the person connects with, and maybe it's the humanity of it. I think that's it exactly. Yeah. I think that's a really good. Uh, and they go, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I, I I can relate to that. Well, the other thing is, like, as the artist, you've seen the man behind the curtain, so you know what's supposed to be what and mm-hmm. what parts aren't exactly where you want them to be. But to an audience member that's just seen the presentation. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe it doesn't matter. The thing you thought that was so important to them, they don't even notice. Oh, sure. I mean, I don't know anybody, any musician ever, who finishes a project and goes, that was perfect. That's exactly (laughs) what Mm -hmm. I wanted it to be. Nothing, I wouldn't change a single thing. They're not paying attention. Right. I feel like if you are saying that, then you're probably not that good because you haven't set your standards. Yeah, your standards aren't that high. Yeah, we listen to records and say, man, that must be restful. Yeah. You can just go in and be done yeah. and move on. I, I, I can't imagine. I mean, you you really do have to have a, a kind of obsessive personality yeah. to do this. And I, I think it's so funny, the stereotype of musicians in general that, yeah, we're all like getting high and we're lazy. Every musician I know is neurotic as all get out and obsessive. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe not 24-7, but when it comes to their music, they're just... Laser beam focus of yeah. no, that wasn't right. That's not the sound I want for my it's guitar. Never good enough. That's not good enough. Can we do another take? Well, of course, and, yeah. And that's why you need producers and engineers to go. That was good. Yeah, you have to stop now. Yeah, just you stop. Have to Walk stop away. Now. It was good, and move on. Mm-hmm. A lot of musicians get drawn in by the cliches. I must be into jamming. I must. Oh, you uh, said the J word. Yeah. Oh yeah. God. I must show up late to every gig. I must, you know, be this free spirit and, you know, just go in and the and the magical happen while tape patrolling. That is such a ridiculous cliche, and it doesn't work like that. Mm. Once in a blue moon, that happens, and you'll and you'll hit gold. But for the most part, it's really well thought out, well planned out things. And, you know, you listen to what you put down, you go back, you think about it, you work out some other things before you go back in the studio. So the EP is called Sundown. Yes. Right. And where can people buy that? Let's talk about it. Sorry. Let's talk promotion We can just go way off. Man, can we go go off topic? Uh, There's no fear. No, Uh, no, it's good. It's good. So tell people a little bit about where they can get the EP... I don't know. I think talking about recording is more interesting. No, uh, <laughs> I do too. The, yeah, uh, but there needs to be some sort of plug. Got to I guess so. Yeah, <laughs> if we have to, uh, uh, you can you can find it on iTunes or Amazon. You can go to our Bandcamp page. It's cheaper there, which is fine. <laughs> you can get our entire recorded oeuvre for eight dollars. Say that again. Oeuvre. Wow. I'm probably well saying it wrong. Am I saying it right? Without the weird accent. Oeuvre. Yeah. You can get Breakup for what is it? Five bucks uh-huh. and the EP for three. And then there's a bunch of old stuff for free. Well, no, if you, you could get good on iTunes and Amazon. We will not be upset. We're, we'll be in there, there I mean, it is more convenient if you have an iPhone. I can't tell you how many times I've looked at our recordings and gone, I get most of the money back if I just click here and I'll have it on my iPhone. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So buy it. Now you know where. Well, that'd be nice, yeah. Uh, I mean, if you really can't afford it, you can email me off of the site and I'll send you a song. I don't... I've, I've had we've had people at shows. We actually had a, a very nice kid come up to us at a show years ago and go, "I really like your music. I'm sorry, I don't have any money, and I just gave him CDs." Oh. It wasn't to be cool. It was just like, "You yeah. like us? Really great. Here, have it. you know." I'd rather. And I saw him. He was at that acoustic show in Tacoma Park, and he's like, "Yeah, I still have those. Thanks." 
And I, he's like, what's that? I said, well, that's our record. I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, don't take advantage of that, everybody listening. You know, pl- <laughs> yeah, you please the money, don't. Give them the money. <laughs> they work hard. This is why I'm not allowed to talk. <laughs> yeah, and, and we have two kids. We got to put them through college. So, yep. uh, <laughs> is there anything else in the pipeline? What's any shows coming up? Or? Uh, we're playing on uh, September 28th. If you hear the, this before them, at a, a place called Dionysus that we've heard really nice things about. We haven't been to, and uh, things are kind of open after that. Uh, but I think we might start working new material. We've yeah. been playing a mixture of like songs that are so old to us, but not to our rhythm section, and newer songs. And I have a list of like I think it was twelve or thirteen mm-hmm. new songs. Like we could just do a new set of stuff we don't play. I, I think we just really want to focus on building up a completely new set, mm-hmm. and and also start talking about the next EP and getting yeah. those songs kind of in, in the the workings and try out all these different songs and whichever ones kind of feel like they could work together mm-hmm. as a, a piece and which are sounding the best, and then we'll start to whittle down from you. Know, 40 to 20 to 10 yeah. and then we'll get down to our, our four and, which is exactly what happened with the last mm-hmm, EP that's true. and you know the, the songs that ended up on it were really the cherry picked ones they they really came together they had something they, they had that X factor like yes we want to do these and that, that one with the acoustic song too we had I think five or six that we were working that's on that's true yeah and we actually recorded two mm-hmm. but Cracks and Creases which is the one that's on Sundowning was the one hands down that came out the yeah. best, and it it has. Th- this is my my big moment because I finally unclenched a little bit. I'm usually insanely neurotic about how my voice is recorded. Everything has to sound just right, and I was a little bit looser, for for lack of a better term. And it really worked for the song. And it, it works. I mean, it has that vulnerability that the song yeah. needed. We had a nice reunion on that one too because the. The acoustic recording, uh, the song Cracks Increases, we had our friend Austin Stahl, who's in Private Eleanor and now does his own stuff. He was our drummer like back in 01, 02, uh-huh. and still a good friend. We just hadn't done anything with him for a while, and his feel was perfect for it. Absolutely. So we, uh, we gave it to him, and he actually recorded it on his own and sent it back to me. I'm like, this is awesome. It was like his first go-round, I mm-hmm. think. Yeah, it was and his first take on it. totally fits the feeling of it. But that's that might be from a songwriting point of view, that might be my favorite one on there. It sounds really sad, but it's basically kind of a love song in reverse. The first verse is them, you know, when they're together, and the second verse is when they're meeting, and the the the, the third verse is when the girl gets a call from her friend saying she knows somebody, you know. But it's it's basically about that maybe maybe. The, the scars you have from your past are what strengthen you and give you a chance to know these other people. And people getting, and it comes up in, there's another song in there called Put Those Things Away, and that's just the notion in that one. And I actually find that one kind of hopeful in a weird way, because the notion on that one is not to be completely consumed and defined by your past and your memories. And I think a lot of people, myself included, think they're who they were as opposed to who they are like I think that's an an evolution that that mm -hmm. happens over time you you kind of I think for a long time you define yourself as who you were as a teenager Mm -hmm. you are the things that you like the music you listen to the clothes you wore the hairstyle you had Mm -hmm. 
and in some ways you still view yourself as that 16 year old and some people circle back to that and you'll find and and this happens a lot of people if they don't stay up with music they will inevitably circle back to the music they liked in high school Mm -hmm. even if they weren't happy in high school because that's where they more or less first knew who they were Mm -hmm. but yeah but that but put those things away is kind of like that it's just it's it's basically somebody walking walking you through your head going you you need to you you just need to put that down now because that's that's not who you are anymore. And that's a good thing. Like People mm. get sad about letting their past go. And there are some important things in your past. And you don't want to loved ones and everything. But people get defined by... There are still people you know, who are still crushed about a breakup from 19 or something that happened. And I'm as guilty of it as anybody. But it's, it's just trying to accept that you have to let some things go. And you have to grow up. You know, because we're not, we're not just our memories. We can't just be that. There has to be more to human existence than just a compiling of your past. You're not just an encyclopedia or a history book. You know, you have to, you have to exist somehow now as well. Plus, like you have this just big trunk that you're carrying around mm-hmm. with all this stuff in it. That is an apt metaphor. <laughs> <Yeah. for that. laughs> and sometimes yeah. you got to get it out so you can. You, you, you got to get rid of some stuff, yeah. and if you don't, you'll go nuts. I mean, it's. And I, I think it's a great song for for me. Again, my perspective on that song. Wait, I, just stop it. Great song. Yeah, you can just stop. It there. is a great song. I, I and I love performing and I love singing it. <laughs> I what I like about it so much is that I think it's a fabulous way of kind of telling people, you know, to to be healthy, to be a functioning human being. You have to move past things. You can't constantly rehash every bad thing that's ever happened to you and hold it dear to your heart. Yeah. Um, you and you know, my perspective is it, maybe it's a little more negative, but it's you know I, I think I've just known way too many people that hold on to every slight, mm-hmm. every bad thing that's ever happened to them, every bad experience, person who's been snotty or mean, and that that hatred, that anger, regret becomes who they are. They, ju- they just become that reaction, and it defines who they are. And if you never get rid of those things, if you never put them away, you'll never be happy. Because the, the line is, are we only our memories? And my answer is, God, I hope not. Yeah, that'd I be really awful. hope not. Like, I can't say no. I can't say no definitively, because I don't think there are any definitive answers for that. But I really hope not. I really do. And memory is a tricky thing anyway. So. It is. And you're, you're lying to yourself in your head half the time anyway. Sure. Yeah. The way you remember it isn't necessarily <laughs> how it happened. Yeah. Um, I think that's about all the time we have now. Thank you for letting me take up so much of your time. Um, oh, no, thank you. Thank you very much for talking to us. <laughs> oh, yeah. So we're going to go out on Put Those Things Away, the song they were just talking about. Catch The Honest Mistakes, September 28th at Dionysus. Uh, download their EP and, yeah, enjoy the song. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Say once more
taken down 